Hello, everybody. I'm John Locke, and I'd like to welcome you to the LockingYourSuccess.com Trading Performance Podcast, where it's all about real traders, real problems, and real coaching. Listen up and enjoy the segment. For those serious about becoming successful, consistently profitable options traders, now is the time to build skills in technical analysis, market analysis, and applied volatility to get those results. We have multiple memberships, starting with our Go membership that teaches rules-based trading and our Pro membership that teaches more subjective trading. For more information, go to LockInYourSuccess.com slash memberships. I'd like to take a little bit, talk about the current uh, market, and then I'm going to talk about playing short-term upside overextensions. Uh, with rising implied volatility, which is pretty much what we're we're dealing with right now, <clears throat> it's a an unusual market, but it does happen from time to time, and uh, I think it's a good idea that us as pro traders, it's important that we can identify this type of market or the probability of this type of market coming into play, and then understanding maybe some um, some good ways to trade it depending on what your opinion is going forward with uh, with whatever is going on so let's first talk about current uh, market environment and identifying when this type of situation might occur this has happened by the way right it kind of happened here and this was a very long extension in the russell and this is happening again this is an even longer extension in the russell so you mark out your upper and lower ranges here. So we have a cycle width of approximately from this red line to this red line. We have a midpoint. When we exceed the midpoint, it's a fairly high probability we're probably going to hit the top. Again, there's a bit of a buffer range in here. And if I were to do that, I would come in here, edit properties, maybe take a look at these two zones here. This tends to be a bit of a buffer zone in here. Uh, I'm going to remove that for now as to not confuse our discussion. Let's, let's take a look at what we have here. We have the market. It comes down, and it comes down essentially to our swing lows. It actually exceeds them by a little bit, known as a snap and crack, known as a 2B reversal. Uh, our expectations would be there's a fairly high probability of an aggressive move up into our midpoint. When we get to our midpoint, we want to watch how it consolidates. So if we focus in on here, we come down, we, of course, we bounce, we come up very aggressively into our midpoint. By the way, if you look at the SPX and you look at how aggressive this is moving, this is clearly institutional involvement in the marketplace. Usually when you have institutional involvement, you have to watch for our short-term resistance levels not really holding and for the market to essentially make these bigger up moves. The way this consolidates is symmetrical triangle. So if I come in here, notice that, well, maybe we won't take this into account, but we take this into account here. See, we're getting a rising support level, getting a dropping resistance level or a level resistance level. This is a very bullish pattern with institutional involvement underneath a resistance zone. It's a fairly high probability. In other words, 
we're always, we don't know for certain what the market's going to do, but what's it probably going to do? The fairly high probability of the market's going up here. If it goes up, where is, where is it likely to go? It's likely to go basically to here. Okay. Our thought when this happened is very common thought is going to be, hey, the market's overextended and it has to reverse. We want to fight that assumption. We want to pay attention to, is this thing holding our short-term resistance level? Is there institutional involvement? Is What are the patterns the market's putting in? So you know, even though we're overextended at this point, the market's putting in these bullish patterns. And we don't want to get locked into an opinion that the market has to stop or the market has to come down because the market doesn't have to do anything. Our job is more to understand how the market's behaving and maybe and definitely assign some sort of a probability to that to the extent that we can. And if the market's just going up, the market's just going up. We can have our opinions about it. But ultimately, if we're going to be good traders, we have to accept what's going on. Our primary assumption, whenever we're doing technicals, should be that we assume the market's going to keep behaving the way it's been identified as behaving in within our various time frames, right? So by that, I mean is we have our shorter-term time frames. And I'm not saying the market's been going up, so it's going to go up forever. Or the market's been going down, it's going to go down forever. What I mean by that is the market's doing cycles. It's doing cycles in various time frames. And in which time frames is it paying to support and resistance levels? Is it paying to attention to them in the, you know, five minute time frame, the 15 minute time frame, the 30 minute time frame, the hourly time frame, the daily, the weekly, the uh, monthlies? Is it overextended in all those time frames? Right. In other words, is it not, is it not paying attention to any time frame? If there's heavy, heavy institutional involvement, or if you get a situation where the institutions have kind of zoned out and the retail traders traders are just heavily buying, um, they're going to pay different attention to different things. If it's not paying attention to even the monthlies, then you know you have a really uh, scary situation going on in the market. Um, as far as it's very likely to go the other way fairly quickly, that happened in 2017 into 2018. That's not the case here, right? Our longer-term technicals are in play, especially in the Russell. Um, we'll talk about in the context of the Russell, but in the context of the SPX, we have some similar things going on. Um, none of the patterns right now in long-term are overextended. We're very overextended in short-term patterns. We're not overextended in long-term patterns really, um, really at all. So we want to keep that in mind. And... You know, if we're ignoring our short-term resistance levels, we want to go into a higher time frame and see what those levels are. And if we weren't ignoring those, we want to go into a higher time frame and see if we can make sense of the market there. So where can we make sense of the market? Helps tell you who's playing the market, who's pushing the market, and what areas are likely to hold and not hold. Um, so when our market is not reacting negatively to short-term resistance points, we want to ignore them and focus on our longer-term levels. Under these conditions, right, if we're experiencing consistently rising markets and we're not getting appropriate um, implied volatility drop or if the implied volatility is rising, negative delta trades will all obviously lose, right? That's pretty straightforward. What some people don't understand is flat delta trades will also lose. What ends up happening is you get this crush in the T plus zero line. Uh, a lot of our adjustments are 
delta triggered, delta tr deltas will not trigger with your T plus zero line. Your T, T plus zero line will will uh, usually your T plus zero line will crush and flatten, meaning your upside adjustments are going to be slower. And as the market goes up, you're losing PL. Flat delta trades will usually lose in this type of market conditions. The only um, option you really have if you want to be profitable in these types of market conditions um, are to go with it and go with the positive delta because the market's been going up. It's not paying attention to short term resistance levels. Let's go positive delta. There's certain ways you can go positive delta out of the money calls. Out of the money calls are often a problem in this environment. And the reason is, is because you're getting a crushing of the T plus zero line. And even though you're positive delta in the calls, until that call gets in the money, the implied volatilities, it's not helping you out sometimes. Sometimes they'll be fine. Sometimes they won't. It's kind of a crapshoot on whether it's going to do that or not. Um, if the market moves, generally with the out of the money calls, if you get very fast movements, a lot of times the out of the money calls will be good. If you get slower movements, you're going to get that T plus zero line crush. And... Uh, it's just not going to gain any PL. Um, but it is an option for you, right? So you can do out of the money calls and you can put, you can play it that way, but you need the big moves. Um, you can go deeper in the money. Those are reliably going to make money when the market goes up if you're deep in the money, but you tend to have a large reversal risk, right? So there's a lot of uh, dollars on the line. And if you get this huge reversal, which is fairly likely, um, at some point, right? It was definitely likely at some point, uh, you're, you're, you're going to, you have a lot of money at risk, so you don't usually want to play those. I'd rather be in out of the money than in the money. Personally, better chance of possibly making money with less risk to the downside. Because remember, we have probability and then we have risk reward. And um, want to make sure that those are in line. Positive delta broken wing butterflies. Whoops. Depending on how you play them, you could do a hammock trade, which is fine, but you are getting a crushing T plus zero line in your broken wing butterfly. So it's not going to be as good as you think to the upside. If you go below the money, you're at risk. You have a lot of money at risk, right? So if I'm positive Delta broken wing butterfly as in V32, so long as the market keeps doing what it's doing, I'm probably going to be fine, but you do have a large dollar risk associated with a reversal. So I like to take a lot of that off the table and go towards playing the market this way. Low risk, shorter term, bull verticals, as in like a Super Bowl, low risk, longer term, bear verticals. I'm not saying you, you're going to have, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the market for sure. You have certain probabilities that you line up, you know, say I'm, I'm saying I just want to play the right it comes down to what am I willing to lose? So say I just want to play shorter term bull verticals. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to talk to. I'm going to. I have some examples set up in O&E. We'll talk about how to do that. But I I like the low risk short term bull verticals. So long as the market keeps doing what it's doing, I'm winning. If the market loses, my loss is relatively a normal loss for a, any given cycle. I like my low risk longer term bear verticals, right? So say I'm just saying my thought is that the market is just very overextended. And I think that the probability is much higher that the market's going to come down and then it's going to go up and that's fine. You can play it that way too. Um, if the market keeps going up, you're going to lose, but you know, if the market goes down, you're going to lose. You always have a losing scenario. You need to choose where it's going to be. 
and then I have the the uh, the combination longer term bear verticals with smaller size shorter term bull verticals. These are three different ways that you can effectively play this type of market without getting hurt too badly and potentially make a lot of money if things go well. So let's look at these three methods, and uh, I have I have some examples. So first of all, let's talk about um, sizing. So we're going to come in here with a shorter term bull vertical. There's no magical amount of days. Um, I like to have an idea. Like I didn't, I kind of randomly picked this. Uh, when I say shorter term, you know, seven day. what am I thinking? I'm thinking like, I want to give myself, I, I want to, I'm aware that the market consolidates, right? How long has the market been consolidating for? I'm aware that the market's going to make some, in, some short term pullbacks, even if it's likely to go up. Uh, I want to give myself time for that. Like if I if I give myself one day, I have to be right like every day. There's nothing wrong with that. I could do that every day because the market's going up more than it's going down. I'll probably end up winning so long as my risk reward ratio is okay. I can set this thing up with like a five thousand um, dollar reward and a four thousand dollar risk. I love that. But you know, like I said, I could play it with the short term or I could play it a little bit longer term. I like to do like four, seven to 14 days, give myself some time. It's like, I know I'm going to have a down week at some point, probably in the move, even if I'm still bullish. So I'm giving myself like 14 days here. I'm sizing it so that my loss is a normal loss. Uh, if I usually do a $50,000 trade with a $5,000 exit loss trigger, I can do something like this and I can let the play trade the trade play out, worst comes to worst, I end up losing my my normal maximum loss. If I don't like that number, I can make it smaller, right? If I normally pay $2,500, I can make it like a four lot, right? So I can do five and minus five. Um, I can do like a four lot. This is actually like a four and a half lot. So maybe I'll do a five lot, right? Um, so four and minus four and um I can play that. That way my loss is within that for the 14-day time frame, right? So my suggestion for you as a trader is that you start, you know, rather than having a trade and saying I'm willing to lose whatever amount in a trade, consider the time frame of the trade. So I'm willing to lose, you know, say it's a 56-day trade and I'm doing a $50,000 trade with a 10% exit loss trigger. And I take my absolute maximum loss into play. I'm basically saying I'm willing to lose $10,000 in a 56-day period, not a 14-day period. Okay, so keep that into consideration. If I'm doing a 30-day trade, I'm losing, willing to lose $10,000 in a 30-day period in order to let this play out. Here I'm saying I'm willing to lose um, $4,000, which I'm really at $5,000 when I'm looking at this. I'm willing to lose $5,000 in a 14-day period. If, I'm, if that's not working for me, then I might want to reduce my size. And one of the reasons I might want to reduce my size is so I can continue to play. So that's the other thing you need to, to play out in your head. You know, if I'm only lose, willing to lose 4,000 in a 50-day period and I lose this cycle here, then I'm out. I can't, I can't responsibly play it anymore. Or, or I have to hold position. I can't, in other words, I can't put more risk on the table. Um, I like to have it myself so that I can put more risk on the table if I want to. So, you know, maybe I'm only playing this with a thousand dollars. Maybe I'm playing it with a one lot. 
right? But um, I want so that I can continually go back into the trade and give myself a chance to win. Here, if we played this out, though, basically what happens is, ideally, again, this is taking the your your wins and losses out of it. Ideally, I want to exit this under two conditions, you know, or three, I guess. I run out of time. I get down so far that in my time remaining, it's not likely I'm going to get back up into the meat of this thing. I'm going to want to exit or remove it. I get up to the point where I hit this peak in my curve where I start to flatten out. That's going to change over time. But basically, as of today, if this went up into here, say 1920, I would exit this and I'd re-enter it probably at a different level. So I'm kind of looking for this, and this is going to get closer as time goes by. You're going to get closer as time goes by as to whether you believe you can recapture this level or not in the time that we have left. In other words, if I'm one day to expiration and I'm down to 1614 or 1600, there's no way that the market's getting to 1800 in one day, right? And I can I can let it expire, but I, I have no longer have any expectations of this, right? I can hold it and just let it expire. I don't have to trade out of it, but realistically, it's a position I'd probably want to move. So um, coming in here, I'm just going to go to the next adjustment. And what happened is, right, in seven days or a week, we ended up going up. I'm getting near that point here. And maybe I'm getting concerned about downside risk. I can close this out and I can go in the same cycle. I still have seven days left. I probably wouldn't go if I had much less than that, or I can bring it back out in time. So an advantage of bringing this back out in time is it flattens my T plus zero line a little bit. So what I'm doing is I'm taking my profits, I'm moving the position up and I'm playing the trade again. I'm not, in this case, I'm not counting this as a new trade. Again, you can cut this off as a new trade anytime you want, or you can do it continuously. One of the things that I've been doing a lot with uh, people I've been training on one-on-one -on -one is not doing trade for trade anymore. In other words, if I do an M3, that's 56 days, and then I exit that trade and go into the next one, I don't count that as a new trade anymore. I just count it as a continuing campaign for the year. Um, it, it, it helps. I, I find it's been helping them mentally uh, deal with the losses better because realistically... There's really no difference if you're in an M3 trade, for example, and you get drawn down and you have to take the trade off and reposition it, and then you continue going. There's, right? You can look at that, and I have people who actually look at that as a loss. Oh, I've lost. Um, uh, and I have other people who look at that and say, well, it's not lost until the trade's over. And I'm saying you haven't lost until you've done this for 10 years and you're down money, right? So... I can just go into the next trade. I can call it the same trade. I can take the P&L, whatever it happens to be in that trade, and just carry it over the next one and carry it over the next one, carry it over the next one. It's just a different way of framing things. And, you know, however you frame it, just frame it in a way that works for you. Don't frame it in a way that's detrimental. I mean, you know, like I said, I have traders who, who you know, will do uh, an M3 and they'll say, well, if I roll the butterfly, the butterfly has lost money and I can't deal with that. I can't roll the butterfly. But, that's, it's true that the butterflies lost money, but it's detrimental to think that way if it's not allowing you to adjust the trade and potentially make money overall, right? And it's the same way when you go from trade to trade. If I lose my December expiration cycle and that's a problem for me mentally and I can't get into my January expiration cycle or I can't get into my February expiration cycle, 
then that way of framing things does not benefit me as a trader, right? So um, I want to frame things differently so that it works for me. And I find for some people that it works for them just to think about it as, you know, a six-month campaign rather than whatever. Um, particularly when we start, and this is going to be, like, that's, that's a bit of an extreme looking at 56-day trades. But when you start looking at one-day trades or seven-day trades or 14-day trades, it can be better. And you're, you don't want to stay in seven days to expiration just because it's a trade and you have to win it. If it's seven days expiration doesn't work for you, go to nine. Nine doesn't work for you, go to 12. If a, the loss on this or the gain on it's going to make this huge difference in the way your, your, your attitude is, make you overconfident or underconfident, don't consider that a gain, right? It's just part of the intraday trade panel. Anyway, moving on. Here, what I end up doing is I end up shifting this up and coming into this. If I start this as a new trade, I have a $5,000, you know, $4,000 loss, $5,000 gain or whatever. Um, but if I keep it here, this is what I have. Um, mathematically, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's all mental. But I just shifted out into like an 11-day expiration to give myself a little bit more time. And then oh, we motivate this forward. Yeah, we pull back. And then, of course, we go up again. Let's just go to the next adjustment. So we save on time. I mean, of course, in what's given happened, this is going to win, right? But I'm just showing you how I'm managing this. Okay, so what ends up coming here is we end up getting this big day, 54 points. You can see I'm up here um, in this level or area where generally I'm going to say, you know what, let's bring this uh, either out for uh, at a higher level. So I'm going to close this out and I'm going to bring this here. So now I get into um, I get into this position here where I am, you know, I push myself back out to nine days again. We'll talk about a little bit about time, uh, where to, how to place these maybe a little bit more intelligently, but basically I'm just going into another super, super bear, uh, super bowl, right? So here we are here. And then again, if I get up into this range here, let me just go to next. So it's December 13th and you can see I'm up in this range again after a substantially up big day and i take the risk out i roll it forward i come into here right eight or nine days there's no magic number but you know eight seven somewhere between seven and 14 usually is where i t i personally tend to stay with these unless i have a compelling reason to do otherwise and now i'm here and then i think this was probably good right oh okay so we pulled back we pull back a lot. My meat here is at 4,040 uh, ish. I'm at 1990. Average ATR on the Russell, by the way, is like 50. So it's perfectly conceivable I'm going to be up in that range. So I don't really have to do anything here. And that is what I have for you today. If you have any questions or comments or anything else you'd like to see in the next Trading Performance Podcast, please list that in the comments and I'll personally answer your questions and comments for you. Also, I'd love to encourage you to come on over to LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in your success.com and check out our trading performance and pro memberships where you can find the tools you need to become a much more effective trader regardless of the type of trading you do. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you on the next Trading Performance Podcast.